Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. Your host, Nisi Edwards, is founder of the Fibro Patient Education and Support Organization, and she's here to offer help and hope to the millions of individuals who suffer from chronic pain. Now, here's Nisi Edwards. Hi, everyone. This is Nisi Edwards. I am your host for the Pain-Free Zone. On today's show, we have Cheryl Meyer. Cheryl Meyer, Cheryl M. Health News. She's a health coach who will inspire you to take charge of your life to be healthy and reduce your pain. Five years ago, Cheryl got autoimmune disease. She wants her journey back to wellness to help you and your family. She is now a full-time integrative nutrition health coach, anti-toxin advocate, and author of the award-winning book, It Feels Good to Feel Good, Learn About Toxins, Reduce Reverse Inflammation, and Feel Great Again, which is also available on Amazon. Her specialties include autoimmune disease and inflammation, pain, sensitivities, eating, and living clean, weight loss, stress, life balance, and removing toxins from all areas of your life. So Cheryl will help you find the answers you need for wellness. So on today's show, we're actually going to be covering several things. So you may want to grab a notebook, get your pen ready, uh, because we have some wonderful information that we're going to be sharing with you today. The first half of the hour, we're going to be focusing on autoimmune disease. It has many core causes, but a big one is toxins. So you're going to learn about what are the toxins the first half of the hour. And the second half of the hour, we're going to be talking about stress. That's right, stress. The holiday is right around the corner. And uh, many people are feeling stressed right now. If you want to join us live, our listener line number is 1-888-463-6748. Welcome, Cheryl. How are you today? I'm terrific. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. I've been looking forward to this discussion for a while, talking about autoimmune disease because you're right, it does have many core causes, but the big one is toxins. Yeah, toxins and stress. So we're going to be covering all of that today because they both are big reasons why we get something called leaky gut, which is where autoimmune disease begins. Okay, so Cheryl, let's get started. What exactly are toxins and leaky gut? Well, leaky gut is where the wall of your gut is actually only one cell thick. Cheryl? Okay. Um, I'm here. All right. The wall of your gut is only one cell thick. And if you eat toxins, when when your digestive system cannot possibly digest all of the food properly, and it starts to go through that one cell wall into your bloodstream, if it's a toxic item, it starts to puncture little holes in your gut. So when it goes into your bloodstream, the original response of your bloodstream is, hey, what is that? Attack. And if it attacks enough, that's when you start to get autoimmune disease. And what's interesting about these little particles that start going into your blood is they mimic um, different organ systems. So it might be your muscles. It might be your thyroid. In my case, it was my liver and my lower abdomen. Mm. Um, but each one of us has a place that's, that is weak, and the particles start to mimic that so that your immune system's on high alert to attack that. So getting rid of the toxins and getting rid of stress, those are two biggies. 
Those are reasons why you need to clean up now. And by cleaning up, you can actually start to get your pain under control. At least I did. And I started researching all of this when I got sick because my conventional doctor was not helping me. She told me it was in my head. And I'm not big on taking pills if I don't have to, so I dug in. And I actually found a whole new area of medicine called functional medicine, which is root cause medicine. My doctor is an MD that graduated from Yale, but she got sick, so she went for additional education and functional. And so by looking for the root cause and eliminating all the toxins, I'm probably 80% back to where I was before I got sick. That's amazing. Getting rid of of these toxins is really critical. I'm like an onion. We keep peeling off (laughs) layers and finding something underneath. At the moment, I am in the middle of a mold detox. Who would have thought that this little city girl was loaded with mold? Um, I have no idea where I got it from, and I don't recommend you getting mold because it's not fun to go through the detox. But we're hoping that this is the final step in finding my root cause. Now, Cheryl, a question for you. When you mentioned, you know, in the beginning about your journey, if you don't mind me asking you, what what did that feel like? I realized that everyone's body is different, you know, in terms of how we respond. But how did you know that it was due to the toxins in your body? I, I didn't know what it was due to. And actually, I wrote the book to be a manual for other people. Um, of everything that I found out, it's the manual I wish had existed. I had pain. Everything in my body hurt when I woke up in the morning. My back hurt, my muscles hurt, my joints hurt. Um, my hips especially were extremely painful. And so I went to the doctor and she said, you know, she took some tests and she said, there's nothing wrong with you. And I said, there's obviously something wrong with me. I had brain fog. Mm-hmm. I was lethargic. Um, and so I went back to her again, and she said, all I can do is give you steroids. Well, I had been on steroids as a child for allergies, and I was not going back there. So I dug in. I started finding symposiums that were many functional doctors talking about different things that they were specialists in. And whether it was your thyroid or Hashimoto's or whether it was your adrenals, which um, I knew I had low cortisol, but I wasn't in disease state yet. And all of this stuff, I listened to 20 different symposiums. And the bottom line to listening to all of them was, first, I needed to find a functional doctor. And second, it all began in the gut. So then I started researching what causes the gut to get leaky. And one of the big causes was toxins. So I started researching toxins. And there's a group called the Environmental Working Group, EWG. And they have a database of hundreds of thousands of everyday items that we have in our life, and they rate them from 1 to 10, whether they're not toxic at 1 to 10, where you really need to stay away from them. They're the group that puts out the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard of that, the Dirty Dozen is now 18 items. They keep growing. But they're items that after they've been washed and scrubbed four times, they taste they test their toxin level, and if they're way over the top, they hit the dirty dozen plus list. If they are not, if they are not very toxic, then they're on the clean 15. And the idea is when you're shopping for food, you must buy organic when it's on the, the dirty dozen list. And if it's on the clean 15, you can buy it, whether it's conventional or whether it's organic, it doesn't matter. 
Now, because I've cleaned up so much, I try to buy everything organic if I can find it. And it comes down to it's all about toxic load. Everything that you eliminate that's toxic gets you one step closer to health. So whether it's in your food or it's in your cosmetics or it's in your cleaning supplies or it's in your over-the-counter drugs or it's in your water, you have to systematically, one by one, go through and start to eliminate the toxins. So that's what my book is all about. It goes through what the toxins were that I found, what I researched and decided to replace it with, and if you don't like my choice, how to research to find one that's better suited to you because we all have bio-individuality. But um, people tell me it's overwhelming at first when they get into my book, but it really shouldn't be. I provide a workbook. If you write to me and you just write down what you're using, when you run out of it, what do you want to replace it with? And then when you run out of it, you have it in a notebook that you can go back and go, okay, I just ran out of blah. I'm going to replace it with this. And then you do it. And then you're one step closer to reducing your toxic load. Okay. Now, um, I want to talk briefly about the Dirty Dozen. Uh, I learned about that um, a few years ago. Uh, from Jordan Rubin's book uh, in it, you know, he had a list of the dirty dozen, you know, what's clean eating, you know, what was fair. Now, when you mentioned that you eat, all your food is pretty much organic. What do you say to people who may say, hey, that sounds good. But in my community, whether it's rural America, the inner cities or wherever you may live, you may not necessarily have, you know, full access to organic food. So how how should people, if they find themselves in that type of environment, how should they proceed? Well, I will admit I'm lucky because I, I live in California. So I have access to organic food at my farmer's market all year round, and I know that's not true for large portions of the country. Yes. You do the best you can. Um, there, grocery stores are now starting regular grocery stores like Kroger's which is Ralph's in California, but I think it's Kroger's across the country. Yes. They have made a concerted effort to add organic food to their produce. Um, you, I'm beginning to see it Vons. I don't know if Vons is across the country or Safeway. They're starting to add a lot of organic food because they see it as the future. So you have to look and see where you can find it. But when it does become organic um, season when you're in the inner city or you're someplace on the East Coast, then you make sure that you buy organic. It's You do the best you can. There are times when you have to make a decision that may not be what you want to do, and then you eliminate toxins in other areas of your life where you do have control. Okay, so let's talk about the, um, thank you for sharing it, let's talk for a minute about the conventional as well as the GMOs because those GMOs, genetically modified organisms, are a really big thing. And people hear a lot about it. We hear a lot of times where other people say, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. It's safe for us, which we know is not. Yeah, no, it's not. And if you read, I mean, I I sort of knew in the back of my head what GMOs were, but I really had no idea until I started researching it for the book. Um, There's a difference between food that has been just modified, like tomatoes apparently didn't used to be red and now they're red or carrots didn't used to be orange until a Bugs Bunny cartoon. That's not the kind of modification that I'm discussing. I'm discussing where they actually insert DT toxin into the corn 
so that when a bug eats it, his stomach explodes. And guess what happens? When we eat it, the good bugs in our gut explode. Yes. So, you know, there are differences. And it's also so part of GMOs are where they're putting BT toxin right into the uh, item. The other is where they're making the vegetable Roundup ready. And Roundup is glyphosate. Yes. And glyphosate does all kinds of terrible things in our gut. It blocks us from getting any of the minerals that we need. It creates them out of our body. It's destroying our soil, so we're not getting minerals into the produce in the first place. And it is heavily sprayed on wheat and some of our other items. And it's genetically modified so that the plant can tolerate that heavy spraying. But that's not the only thing that's getting sprayed with Roundup. Most conventional crops are also getting sprayed with Roundup. California just sued Monsanto that Roundup is a carcinogen, and they won. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that's going to be rolled out in California yet. But there's also there's a, a group called the um, Institute for Responsible Technology. That's Jeffrey Smith, on, right? That's Jeffrey Smith. Yep. What an amazing man Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> he went on the doctor's show last week to talk about the fact that there's a class action suit against Monsanto. And as a result, they asked for a lot of documents and discovered that Monsanto is perfectly aware that their chemicals have been poisoning us for all these years. Absolutely. Yes. And, um, you know, Cheryl, too, with um, when you mentioned about, you know, the soil and the effects on all that, even look at the fish. You know, a lot of people. Yes. Into our groundwater and then it's running off into our oceans and all of that is killing life. Yes, it is. the fact that it's killing all the bees and the butterflies that pollinate our vegetables. So we're not on a good track unless we start to clean up. And I'm trying to get people to vote with their dollars as much as possible because that's how we're going to change things. Absolutely. The government's not going to protect us. We have to get together and become what I call an army of one and vote with our dollars. Um, Jeffrey Smith says it's only going to take as much as 5% to start swaying big food and big agriculture and big farm to change what they're doing and for us to start to clean up what they're giving us. You're right, because you know what? When you hit them in the pocketbook, that's when you get their attention. I mean, when you really hit them hard, you know, and when consumers stop going to the market to purchase their products and or services, then all of a sudden, they start thinking about, hmm. They got to pay attention. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, they got to reform. You're absolutely right. So. Well, and they were after Europe to allow all of these chemicals in, um, France and England and they just rejected it. Yes, I remember reading about that. And you know what? I says, wow, if they can do it there, we should be able to do it here. There's really no excuse except for, you know, the politics and these pockets that are being lying, which is why they want to keep that, you know, in our food supply. Absolutely. But um, so it's not just the chemicals they're putting on the food. There are chemicals that we just eat, like sugar. Yes. Sugar is poison. And it doesn't matter if it's white sugar, brown sugar, fake sugar, all of it. It's poison. Um, they did some studies on rats with, with rats eating, um, using cocaine, believe it or not. And then they huh. took the cocaine away from them and they gave them white sugar. And then they gave them a choice. They chose the sugar. Addictive. lights up. Yeah, it's addictive, and it lights up the same part of the brain as heroin and cocaine. And so it's not easy to detox off of sugar. I will tell you that it was like having a really severe flu, and I was sick as a dog for two weeks. 
But once you get off the sugar, your body, number one, doesn't crave it anymore. And your body, for the first time, can figure out when it isn't hungry because the sugar turns that mechanism off in the brain. So when you detox off the sugar, I, I mean, when I was on sugar, I used to be hungry all the time. I'm not hungry all the time now. And when I eat, I want to go eat good food because that addiction has been broken. So it's not an easy addiction to break, but it's an important addiction to break, especially if you have autoimmune disease. Yes. And, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, in the state of Illinois, because that's where I reside, um, but in one of the counties in Illinois, um, mainly Cook County, they've had a battle going on about the sugar tax on beverages. And uh, they were going to tax the beverages, sodas, at a higher rate because their goal was to send a message to people that when you eat all of these sugary drinks and sodas and how it is increasing obesity, especially among children. So they were ta- taxing it, you know, with the hopes that, okay, if you pay a higher tax, that may reduce your consumption of it. And um, some people, I know some people who said, you know what, I'm just going to cross over into a totally different county where it is not taxed. And um, I think that if last I heard, I think, Cheryl, they're doing away with that tax because a lot of people were very angry. But people, um, by and large, I don't really think a lot of people really understand about the dangers and especially the hidden dangers of sugar. Especially it affects um, upon children. The dangers of soda. Yes. Um, if you read my chapter on soda, boy, is that an eye-opener. Soda does all kinds of terrible things to your body. Mm-hmm. It gives you no food value whatsoever. And really the best thing for soda is to clean the bumper on your car. Oh, or to my clean goodness. your linoleum in the kitchen. It, it, it And it doesn't matter whether it's the um, fake sugar soda or the real sugar soda. They just... And and both are responsible for diabetes. You think when you go to the um, fake sugar sodas that you're saving your body from diabetes? But you're not. It actually triggers something that makes it almost worse. Yes, that's 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 so, that's so true. Now, what about these processed foods and the fast foods? Well, um, neither one have a lot of food value. I have a rule with processed foods. I use a few, but very few, and it's all about the ingredients. If there's an ingredient on that box or on that product that I can't pronounce, that's a chemical that my body can't utilize and I don't want it. That's true. It probably is also toxic. So it makes it easier to shop when you know you're going to just be looking at ingredients and if you start seeing a whole bunch of stuff you can't produce, you put it back. The kind of processed foods that I still buy, I still buy Rouse uh, marinara sauce. Okay. It's just tomatoes and spices. That's all it is. So you have to look at the product and see, do you want to use it? Same thing with fast food. Fast food is all chemicals, and there's no food value to it. You think you're getting food, but what you're really eating is not food. It's all chemicals, and both processed food and fast foods have chemicals in them that are um, creating an environment where you cannot get well from your autoimmune disease because that's all wreaking havoc on your gut. So you don't want to, you don't want to go there. No, because once you start, it's hard to stop. Only fast food I eat, and it's on very rare occasions, is chipotle, because chipotle is organic. So if I'm stuck and I don't have anything to eat, um, then I'll hit a chipotle. But otherwise, I don't eat any fast food at all. It's even kind of revolting for me to think about now. (laughs) 
Um, what about uh, the dairy, the protein sources, the paleo versus vegetarian or vegan? Well, let's start with dairy because that one was kind of an eye-opener too. It happens to be a sensitivity of mine, so I no longer eat it. And sensitivities are also a cause of leaky gut. There's a test that you can run or there's an elimination test that you can do to find out what your sensitivities are. Dairy, um, if you're going to eat dairy, there are some new rules. It should be organic. It should be from grass-fed beef. And you only want to buy full fat. When they take the fat out of dairy to make it low-fat or non-fat, they took in the most expensive part of the milk away, and that's the only part that really has food value for you. Mm-hmm. So you want to buy the full fat. And again, they are doing so many things with cows, giving them hormones, giving them antibiotics, trying to keep the animals alive, that all of that's going into the milk unless you go organic. And you don't need all that stuff they're putting in those poor cows. Um, there is, and the hormones they're giving them so the cows have more babies so that they produce more milk, you don't need all those chemicals. So if you're going to eat dairy or you're going to eat cheese, try to make sure it's organic because then it's easier on your body and make it full fat. Yesterday, um, Cheryl, when I was at the grocery store, I was looking you know, for yogurt uh, because dairy doesn't work well for me. And I saw a, a type of yogurt that I had never seen before, and it was a yogurt. And when I looked at the container, it said that the milk came from bison. Yeah, I, I have not seen that in my store yet, but I was aware that it's available. Yogurt from bison would probably be a safer bet. Yes. To my knowledge, at this point, all bison eat grass. Yes, they've started giving them any of that. No, and it's very lean meat, too, because I've had in the past, you know, the the bison burgers. And so when I saw that on the shelf, you know, in the the, um, cooler section for the yogurt, I bought about three small containers of it because I definitely want to check it out and I'll update you. (laughs) Well, there's also now, I don't know if it's across the country, but Kite Hill, in Northern California, is making yogurt out of almonds. And so I love it because I miss my yogurt since I'm sensitive to dairy. Now, what's the and name so again, Cheryl? I'm sorry. It's what's called it? Kite, Kite Hill, like a kite that you fly. Okay. Hill. Hmm. They make uh, they make ricotta cheese out of almonds, and they make yogurt Interesting. Out of and um, they also make ravioli that has the almond ricotta in it that I can get at my store. But again, I'm not, since I'm in California, I'm not sure how far they've gone. At first they were only at Whole Foods, but now they're in all my markets, so they're starting to branch out. So if they're not available now, they probably will be. And it's not as tangy okay. as dairy yogurt, but it still is quite delicious, and it's it's nice to have on my oatmeal because it gives me that touch of dairy feeling without being dairy. You know, I've never added dairy to my oatmeal. Um, typically, I just use the water and, you know, uh, different seas. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, that's good. Um, paleo is when you eat clean meat. I do eat meat. Uh, ends up I need the B12. I tried going vegetarian, and my body was not happy because <laughs> I have something called the MTHFR anomaly to my DNA, something my functional doctor found. So I eat small amount of grass-fed, grass-finished, and the grass-finished is as important as the grass-fed beef, then I eat pastured pork, 
which is often called heritage pork. Okay. I need to define and it's not inexpensive, but we're talking about my body and my health, so it's worth it to me. I'm a sensitive to chicken, so I don't eat chicken, but you want to make sure if you're eating chicken, you want free run, not uh, pastured. It, you don't want, there's all kinds of terms for chickens, but you want the pastured one because they're the ones that are out pecking, eating their normal diet. And even when it comes to eggs, um, across the country, there's now a brand called Vital Farms. They also go under Alfresco. Those eggs, they have a little pamphlet inside that their um, hens are the happiest hens in the world <laughs> because they get a change of scenery four times <laughs> a week and they get to eat all their favorite foods. So they're the best possible eggs. If you don't eat pastured chickens, you're getting all the stress hormones from that animal when you eat their meat or you eat their eggs. And again, you don't need that because stress is a reason that you have autoimmune disease. So you want to clean it up as much as possible. Now, Cheryl, I'm, I'm curious. So when you mentioned the chickens, so the pasture chickens, is that the same as when we see chickens in the store where they said um, grass-fed? I don't think they normally say grass-fed. They say cage-free. And cage-free means that they're all squished together in a large space and they're just living on top of each other Right. No, here, I'm sorry, what I meant is in Illinois, I've seen some of the packaging here with some of our products here, where they will tell you is, you know, that um, they haven't been raised like that, you know, in in, in cages or anything like that. But you definitely pay more money for it, of course. Right. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, when people tell me it's too expensive to eat this way, my question is, do you want to pay now or later? You're right. Pay now or later. All of your listeners who have autoimmune disease, we're paying now (laughs) Because we got sick and we did not do this early enough to stop that from happening. And we may not have even known, you know, that's the other thing. We didn't know. Yes. We didn't know. I didn't know any of this until I got sick. Um, But even people who are healthy, it is well worth it to eat this way now and avoid the situation that those of us with autoimmune disease have now. That's true. So it's worth every penny. And you know what? When um, you educated me on the paleo once before, I've started incorporating that into my diet, you know, a little bit at a time. Uh, and uh, so I, I want to thank you for that because you know what? Once you know better, it's, you're responsible for doing better for yourself and your family. Right. And remember, you, I mean, we went out with a big family dinner on Sunday and I could not get grass-fed beef. So, you you know, for me to eat it once a year, it's not a big deal. Right. You don't freak out when you can't get it, but when you can control it, you get the best possible ingredients, and you cook. You cook because then you can control what goes on your plate. You're and right. So I highly encourage everyone to cook. And I cook like a quick order chef. I walk into the kitchen at 6 o'clock at night, and we eat at 7, and I'm doing all kinds of stuff in the kitchen other than cooking while I'm in there while the food is cooking. It doesn't take up that much of your life. It just means you have to think differently and plan a little differently. You're right. And, and you know so, what? For Thanksgiving, um, my turkey is organic. Good. Yeah, so is mine. Yes. You know, so those yeah. things, you know, those things do matter. And it's a matter of planning ahead, you know, to the best of your ability. And you'll get into a routine. I mean, I don't like to, I never like dieting or or Weight Watchers or any of that stuff because I had to think about food too much ahead of time. Yes. You buy good ingredients. It doesn't have to take up all of your mind. 
And when it's time to cook, you've taken something out of the freezer for dinner, and then you have great organic vegetables things in your refrigerator that you grab and you cook. It doesn't have to take up that much more of your brain space to cook healthy and eat well. That's true. And I want to tell you something that I saw at the grocery store. Um, Mariano's is where I shop. They're now owned by Kroger's. Uh, okay. And in the vegetable case, they had the cauliflower. Remember we, we spoke once before about yes. um, the rice, cauliflower rice? And right. um, I saw it at the grocery store, so I had to share that with you. So I, I can't wait to try that. Yeah, for those of you who have Trader Joe's, they have packages of rice cauliflower. And cauliflower is one of the ones that you do not necessarily have to buy organic. So if you find a package of rice cauliflower, you can just buy it. What I love about cauliflower, who would have known, <laughs> it can take on all kinds of flavors. So I make cauliflower rice Italian. I make cauliflower rice um, Greek. I make cauliflower rice with little bits of apple and onion. Okay. <laughs> um, I even made paella using cauliflower rice with saffron and seasoning. Mm-hmm. And it takes on uh, and Moroccan. That was the first recipe I tried was Moroccan. Um where I used some spices I had never used before. And so it's a pretty amazing vegetable. My other favorite thing to do with cauliflower is to make mashed potatoes out of it. Yes. Only it's mashed cauliflower, and it replaces, if you're not going to buy an organic potato, you're getting 79 different pesticides on the potato that you buy. So, it's you know, cauliflower becomes a lot more interesting when you know that. <laughs> and I've had guests tell me it's, the most delicious mashed potatoes they ever ate, not realizing they're eating cauliflower. So uh, let's talk um, briefly about the good and the bad cooking oils. Yeah, that one was kind of amusing. When Now, I'm almost 70, so when I was a kid, suddenly all the oils that we were using became bad, and all the oils that they wanted us to use were corn oil and soy oil and safflower oil. Well, now... They're discovering those were really the bad oils. That was a huge campaign mm-hmm. to change us from using what were the good oils that our body needed to fuel our brains and our bodies. And so all of the bad oils have become good and all of the good oils have become bad. So what you want all of oil sort of stay neutral through the whole thing. Olive oil is good for you unless you um the mafia has gotten involved with olive oil and they're cutting it with other less expensive mm. oils. So if you're going to buy olive oil, if it's Californian, it's regulated. And if it is Italian or Spanish, there are now seals that they put on it where they're actually tracing the olive from the grove to the bottle. But a lot of the inexpensive olive oils out of Europe are manipulated by um, the mafia, so be careful. So olive okay. oil has always been good. I use a lot of ghee to cook. I'm so do I. Dairy, but I'm not allergic to ghee. I love the taste. Um, and it's a, it's a really good oil for autoimmune disease. It's got benefits. I don't remember what they're called, but it's got some chemical benefits that are especially good for people with autoimmune disease. I use avocado oil because it has a high burn point. So I can use it in a way that I can't use olive oil because it has a low mm-hmm. burn point and you don't want it to smoke. True. Um, and then, um, a highly recommended oil is, um, coconut oil. I personally don't like the smell. I use it sometimes when I bake, but I don't like using it to cook because I don't like the smell, and you want to use the virgin to get the best benefits. 
So I tend to use the ghee and the avocado oil and then olive oil on my salads and things. One of the oils that is the most confusing is canola oil. Yes. They named, by the way, because can, it means it's from Canada, and they thought it would sound healthy if they rhymed it with (laughs) granola. (laughs) But it is not good for you, whether it's organic or not. And you have to be careful even when you go to restaurants now because I'll ask for olive oil and it'll be too light. So I now make them bring me the bottles. Yes, so you can confirm. Yeah, they're doing an olive canola oil blend. I've seen that. Or Mediterranean oil. Yeah, have have you seen that with the, um, I've seen some bottles that say Mediterranean oil. And when I've looked at the label, um, it had canola and some other stuff mixed in there. Yeah, canola oil is not good for you. True. Stay away from it. Yep. It does your body no good. So, but you do, you know, for a long time, we didn't even think we were supposed to eat fat. Well, guess what? The whole new thinking is, yes, we need fat. Our body needs fat. And that's not what causes cholesterol if we're using the good fats and our brain needs it to stay healthy. So there's been a reversal on fats all the way around. Now, when you mentioned the olive oil, does it matter uh, if it's extra virgin or not extra virgin? Yeah, I think it's better if it's extra virgin because that means you're getting the first press. Okay. And the first press is, is a healthier version. Okay, that's good to know. Now, what about um, water? Because that's a real big issue. Oh, well, that one was interesting. I thought that Flint, Michigan was an unusual situation in our country. Well, apparently there's a whole lot of cities that have a whole lot of lead in their water. And let's start with what comes out of your tap. You can actually contact your city or your county and find out what's in your water. They do a study every year, and you can take a look at it. When possible, you need to put a filter. I use an Aquasana filter on my faucet under the sink, which takes a lot of the contaminants out for your drinking water and your cooking water. Um, I have a dream someday to put a whole house system in so that I'm either bathing in good water. So you want to get as many of the contaminants out as possible, and then... If you're going to be carrying water with you, you do not want to drink it in plastic. I hope you never buy another plastic bottle of water again that you're paying 1,200 times for. What (laughs) you want to do is buy stainless steel vessels um, that don't have nickel in them. And you know that it has nickel in it because it'll be magnetic. So you want to buy stainless steel that's not magnetic. And I take them with me everywhere I go because I don't want to drink the plastic. The plastic leaches all kinds of chemicals. So that's what you do when you're out. If I think I'm going to be out longer than my one bottle of stainless steel water, I have jugs that are stainless steel that I fill up and take with me. And then I fill the bottles from that. Bottled water. That was an eye-opener. It's not regulated at all. So what goes into those bottled waters that you're paying a fortune for is way less healthy than what's even coming out of your tap. That's Um, true. And sometimes it's tap water. You know, that they'll say, yeah, exactly. My husband worked for one of the big um, soda companies at one point in his life, and he said their bottled water comes out of a tap in Downey, California. Mm. So it's not regulated. It's not tested. And when EWG tested them all, and there's a huge thing about water on the EWG site, they were finding all kinds of horrific things in them. And they rated them, but none of them got very good readings. So you don't want to buy plastic water. You want to pack your own and take it with you in stainless. Okay. So let's um, go through, before we get to the second half and we get towards the stress, because I definitely want to save time for that, let's get to the 
you know, the cosmetics, the over-the-counter, your kitchen, cleaning supplies? Well, cosmetics is something that I'm going to encourage everybody to research. Um, I tell you what I found, and I tell you what I replaced it with in my book. But I was buying very expensive cosmetics, thinking that would be better for my skin. Well, they were loaded with chemicals that Mm, were not good. Not good. And so what I'm using now is considerably less expensive, and what I'm using for skincare, um, if it's not a one on the EWG scale, I don't want it. And there are a lot of companies coming out with very clean products. I stumbled across a company called Keys Soap, where she got skin cancer and then everything bothered her skin. They were both executives up in Silicon Valley. They quit their jobs and developed a line that everything's a one. You could practically eat their skincare. And one of the most interesting things to me was I've had an itchy head for 25 years. I was allergic to chemicals in my shampoo. Same here. I can can relate uh, to exactly those sulfites. Right. Well, and by using their shampoo, it's all gone. Yes. So that's kind of amazing to me. So cosmetics, you can either read my book and take my recommendations, or that's a fairly easy thing to research on the EWG scale. Over-the-counter drugs, um, you don't want to take any of them. I no longer take any over-the-counter drugs at all. I was allergic to aspirin as a child, so I have taken Tylenol my whole life. Well, guess what? Guess what? My weakest part of my body is the gut. It's my liver. Mm. It's my liver because Tylenol attacks the liver, and um, I read several reports that the what it does to the liver is far worse than they ever imagined. So Tylenol attacks your liver, aspirin, Advil, Aleve—they all attack your gut. You have you want you don't want to attack your gut. You don't want anything to puncture holes in your gut because you want to get well and you want to feel good. True. So you eliminate all that stuff. So I have found things that my body likes but that do the same thing for me. If I have a headache or I have pain, I take curcumin, which is the active ingredient from turmeric. Yes. I gotta tell you, it works better for me than Tylenol used to. Um, for hay fever, don't take all of those medications. I happen to not be sensitive to Benadryl, but very sensitive to the Aleve and the other one. Um, so I was taking Benadryl. I read an article lately that that was causing Alzheimer's. Mm. I don't use any of that stuff anymore. I now use another antioxidant called Quisertin. And I take a Quisertin every morning, and my hay fever is gone. And both of them help me with inflammation in my body and my autoimmune disease. So it's a win all the way around. Okay, now you what about take, uh, the cleanings, um, the cleaning supplies? Well, there, cleaning and washing. Um, those little pods that you put into your washing machine or your dishwasher are probably the most toxic thing you have in your house. And I read a comment that if a toddler was to eat one of those, you might not even be able to get them to emergency on time. So you want to clean up all that stuff. Um, and use, there are quite a few laundry detergents on the market now that are clean. Stop using fabric softener. It's loaded with chemicals. In fact, one of the ways I should have known that my toxic load was going over the top was I woke up one morning um, when my cleaning lady accidentally used fabric softeners and my whole mouth was swollen. My tongue was swollen. My lips were swollen. My eyes were swollen shut. Um, I had a severe reaction and it ended up it was fabric softener. So... Get rid of the fabric softener. You don't use it. Clean up what your detergent is and then clean up your cleaning supplies. I have found an amazing cleaning supply called Branch Basics. 
That's, again, all one on the EWD scale, and it's an organic enzyme that cleans beautifully. And I even use it. I make a lot. I eat a lot of eggs because I'm allergic to a lot of processed foods. And so I hate the way it sticks on the plate in the morning. So when I have to clean it, it's hard to get it off. You spray it with Branch Basics. You walk away for five minutes, and it all flies right off because those little plant enzymes do their job. So I use it to clean my kitchen, my floors, my bathrooms, my shower, and it's not toxic to my skin when it touches my skin, and it's not leaving a toxic residue. And there are other products coming out now like that that are clean, but you need to make sure you're using a clean product. Now, how do you Uh, spell that product line again, please? Branch, like a tree branch. Oh, okay. A-N-C-H and then basics. Okay. Thank you. So I want to transition now to the, the what's remaining left because um, I definitely wanted to save some time to talk about stress uh, because we both know it gets more intense during the holidays. Uh, right. you know, I actually we, wrote an article that was in Consumer Health about what to do about stress during the holidays, especially if you have autoimmune disease. So what There's can all, we do? Okay. Um, the first one is you... All of us probably got autoimmune disease because we have a hard time saying no, and we do too much. <laughs> so the first part is to learn to say no. Don't do anything that you truly don't want to do, and save time for yourself for self-care because you are as important as everybody else. So you have to make sure that you control how much you do and you learn to say no when it's more than you can handle. The second thing is spending too much. I think we all have a tendency to go overboard, and we have to remember that it's really about giving somebody something that's special and not about spending a lot of money. So the, very true, um, yes. spirit of the holiday is just think about how special your gift is, and it can even be homemade. Um, or you can have the family do a family gift exchange so that it's not quite as expensive. Can't do that with kids. But they don't have to get lots of very expensive um, presents. Wellness Mama has a whole thing about inexpensive gifts that you can make or that the children can enjoy. And she talks about how important it is to do to do things, to do events. So their Christmas present might be going to Disneyland or might be going to the science museum, something that's an event that they'll have with them for a long time. But you don't have to be spending a fortune to make Christmas special. Um the next one is to be generous in ways that don't cost money but that do bring joy. Give everybody more compliments. Help help family members out with dinner. Run an errand for somebody that you love. Um, relieve someone you love and do a chore for them. Write a funny poem or make a funny card. It doesn't have to be something that's financial to bring joy. That's a good point. The next one is eating wrong foods. And eating too much. Um, I just put out a whole series of blogs on how to cook Thanksgiving and not fall off the wagon and start eating bad stuff. You can take any recipe and convert it by eliminating the toxic ingredients and adding in the healthy ones. So, you know, your turkey's now a free-run turkey. Your um, vegetable, instead of having mashed potatoes, is mashed cauliflower. There are things that you can do to create a very lovely meal without it being toxic and sticking with your diet because, frankly, staying pain-free to me is more important than what I put in my mouth. 
Absolutely. If I'm going to somebody else's house for dinner, I have given my whole family some of my favorite paleo cookbooks <laughs> so that they'll cook something for me that they know I can eat. Yes. And they actually have fallen in love with these cookbooks. And so that works. Or if I'm going to somebody's house that I am not part of the family for, I will take something that I can eat. Uh, my favorite thing to take these days is to carve out zucchini, chop up that meat, um, add eggs to it, add rosemary and seasonings to it, make a little applegate bacon, which I crumble in it, and then I stuff it back into the zucchini and bake them. And I take those with me. If it's for people who can still have dairy, I put some boyer on top. For me, I can't have the cheese, so some of them are cheese-free. But I take that with me to the meal because then I know I have something that has both protein and vegetables that's clean that I can eat, so I'm not tempted to eat a lot of food that's bad for me. That's true, and it's going to still make help you feel better. Right. And, and we all have to remember that getting together on holidays is really about love and community. It's not about what we put in our mouth. Yes. When I finally had that, that feeling and I understood that, everything shifted. It's not about being deprived. It's about making sure that you're taking care of your body. That's the true. The next thing is drinking too much. You want to you want to limit your drinking to one drink because otherwise you're going to eat things you don't want to eat. You're going to not be safe when you get back on the road. You might even make a tough pull out of yourself at the family get-together. So <laughs> controlling what you drink is critical to maintaining your health. <laughs> then the next one is too much family. Sometimes family has a awkward family member that makes it difficult for the family gathering to be happy, <laughs> you want to take that person aside ahead of time and set some ground rules. <laughs> but this is this is the holiday, and everybody wants to have fun, yes. and you need them to behave. <laughs> and if they don't behave, you grab them again and say, hey, we talked about this. Boundaries. We <laughs> yeah. We love you. We're happy to have you here, but you're crossing the line again, so clean it up. So that's too much family. And then the next one, of course, is too little family. <laughs> what do you do when you don't have enough family? And you either get together with what I call my extended family because my family was small, which is the friends that I've grown to love and support me, or if um, not, then you try to surround yourself with loving people. And if your friends are not close, you reach out to them and you stay closer in touch with them through the holiday season. And you can start to do some things where you're actually um, – um, giving away to somebody less um, lucky than you are so that you go serve food to the homeless on Thanksgiving or Christmas. You do something where you surround yourself with people who are giving love to somebody else. Um, you also take lots of walks in the sunshine to keep you happy and not let you get depressed because the holiday season is a time when a lot of people get depressed, especially if they don't have a lot of family close. That's there are true. things you can do to control that. We talked about toxic family members. Aren't they joyful? Um, <laughs> just be you and forget perfection. Sometimes at family gatherings, people remember who you used to be, but they don't know who you are now. And so we go overboard trying to be perfect for those people. Be you. This is your holiday, too. So you don't have to please anybody other than you. Just be you. Take care of you. Take care of your diet. Take care of what goes in your mouth and give love to everybody. And the rest of it really doesn't matter. You know what? That's a good point because think about how exhausting it is to go through all that when you're not being you. You're being someone else because you then don't even identify with who that person is. Right. 
Yeah, and we really love is being authentic. Yes, and so, so true. We need to learn to be authentic and give our other family members and friends space that they can be authentic. So it's about giving love and encouraging people to be who they are, especially encouraging you to be who you are. That'll release a lot of the stress that you feel at the holidays. That's true, because you have to love the skin that you're in. And then it's to breathe. Yes. In my book, I do the Dr. Andrew Weil 478 breathing exercise, which resets your parasympathetic nervous system. And um, I know it's true because I got my doctor is about an hour away from me. So when I go to an appointment, it's I get in L.A. traffic and it's always stressful. So I was stuck behind an accident and I knew I was going to be late. So I started doing the Andrew Weil 478 breathing exercise. And you, you really only encourage that you do it twice a day. But I did it over and over again until I finally landed at my doctor's office. So I walked in. They immediately took me in and took my blood pressure. And she came rolling out of her office and said, what did you do? My pulse was lower than she had seen anybody's pulse for a long time. And it was because of the breathing exercise. My blood pressure was down. My pulse was lower. She said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. So what is and that breathing exercise, Cheryl? You breathe in for four you hold your breath for seven, and then you put your tongue, uh, you breathe through your mouth for four, you hold it for seven, you put your tongue up against your teeth and your mouth open, and you whoosh it out for eight. And you do that three times in a row, twice a day. And that will reset your stress. It's kind of an amazing thing. Even if I can't sleep, which is the next thing I'm going to talk about, I'll sit and do the Dr. Andrew Wild breathing exercise, and it puts me to sleep almost always, even when I've been kind of agitated and turning back and forth. So it's a great exercise to learn and to get in the habit of doing twice a day. Okay. Okay. You can actually go online, and he has a video doing it himself. And if you, if you guys don't know who Dr. Andrew Weil is, he is the first integrative doctor. He uh, His mother was an herbalist, and he went to Harvard knowing he was never going to practice regular medicine. It was his dream to set up a clinic where they had conventional medicine, massage, acupuncture, acupressure, stress release, all of that under one roof, and that's what he became known for. And he has a school in Arizona attached to the university there where he's training other people to be integrative physicians. Pretty cool place to be. Yes. Very important to get seven hours of sleep every night. And for anybody who thinks when they're sleeping nothing is happening, they're wrong. The body is like a well-tuned machine, and when you're sleeping, the second gut, the second brain, which is your gut, orchestrates all kinds of things to happen in your body with your hormones, with your adrenals, with your brain, with your um, liver, with your lymph system. It cleans it all up and gets you all fine-tuned to wake up and start a new day. So seven hours is critical or it can't go through its whole routine. And then the next one to reduce stress is self-care. There are all kinds of wonderful things that you need to take time for so that you're taking care of yourself, because if you don't keep your own cup full, you don't have anything to give to anybody else. So it has to start. I take an Epsom salt lavender bubble bath every night. That's part of my self-care. Sounds relaxing. Uh, yes. Get up and stretch an hour, every, every hour for one minute. That's all it takes. That's move. Buy flowers from some favorite spot in your house. Use non-synthetic essential oils so that your house is filled with beautiful fragrance that's not toxic. Take an herbal tea break in the afternoon. Laugh. 
Laughter is one of the best things we can do for our soul. So there's a whole list of things that you can do, but you need to make sure you have time for you. That way, whether you have children or you have a spouse or you're taking care of elderly parents or you're taking care of friends, if you take care of you first, you have lots of love to give to everybody else. Now, what about movement? Movement is critical. I hate I hate to exercise, so that was something <laughs> I had to learn to do when I got autoimmune disease because it's really a critical step. So it's important to move. It could be as simple as taking a walk. I don't like to go out and walk by myself, so I have found two things that I like, and it doesn't matter if you do what I do or if you do something that's better suited to you. I bought a rebounder which I call my mini trampoline, and I tape country western music every Sunday morning, and I <laughs> hop to that for a half an hour. I've never been a country western fan, but I'm becoming one since I'm listening to it. And that gets all the sludge out of my lymph system, which is important to happen if we're going to... The lymph system goes and cleans around all the cells, so you need to get all of that sludge out of your system to promote wellness. And then the other thing I'm doing is a Dow form, a Korean Tao form of yoga, um, which my husband comes with me to do, and it, it does all the important parts. It does resistance and aerobic and stretching, all of which are critical to, to add to your movement, um, but it's also very relaxing, and it's in a community of really wonderful people, so it's fun to go because it's a very supportive group of people. Whatever you decide you want to do, make sure that you do some kind of movement, especially if you have autoimmune disease. It's critical. That's so true. So, Cheryl, for our listeners here today who may want to get in contact with you or to purchase your book, can you please provide the contact information? I have a website that is loaded with good information and lots of great blogs that would be of interest to anyone listening. And my website is Cheryl with a C. C-H-E-R-Y-L-M, like Mary, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, muse, capital M-U-S-E, dot com. If you go there, if you put a slash book on it, you can go take a look at my book. I've won seven awards, um, and you can buy my book right from my website, or you can go buy it on Amazon. And the name of the book is It Feels Good to Feel Good. And if you want an accountability partner who can help you make all these changes, I do do um, counseling via Skype, and the first time you contact me, we, the first one we do is called your, Tell Me Your Story, because I find most people are very frustrated because they haven't had a doctor who listened to what's wrong with them for a very long time. So the first hour is free, and it's just you telling me what your health history is, and then we strategize and put together a program where I can help you make the changes that you need to regain your health. Well, thank you, Cheryl. I'm so glad that you joined us today, and I wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. And thank thank you for being here on the Pain-Free Zone. I love doing this. I really want to get this information out to everybody because it will make a huge difference in their health. Yes. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Nisi. You've been listening to The Pain-Free Zone. I am your host, Nisi Edwards. Thank you for joining us live. Have a wonderful day and a blessed Thanksgiving.